The second one was ending an 18 year marriage. Um, and I know you know all about that as well. Yes. Um, you know, the, the first nine was amazing. The second nine, not so much, but I had two beautiful, amazing children. So finding the courage to walk away from that and knowing that I deserved more and trusting myself and my worthiness that I deserved more. So I think that was the second pivotal moment. They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome, everyone. We are very excited to have our special guest today. I know you guys are going to love her. She's got a special story for you of things that she's went through in her life and how she was able to overcome them. But I want to tell you a little bit about her. Today, we have on the show Robin Jorgensen. And Robin is a founder and CEO of Women Igniting Change, a global purpose-driven organization that unleashes the contributions of women around the world. She has had a privilege of working with women in 14 countries on six continents. She teaches women who want to make a difference how to create and execute their vision to change the world through social impact. So welcome to the show today, Robin. I appreciate you being here today. So Robin, we know that you have done a lot. You've been all over the country. You've been to six continents. You've done a lot in your life, but I also know that you have some things that you dealt with at the beginning of your life as I did as well. So share with us a little bit about what were your challenges along the way? And welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I think there are probably three defining transformational moments that led me up to starting my company 10 years ago. Um, the first one being, I was raised in an alcoholic household. So my father was an alcoholic. Um, I was an only child until the age of 11, and then my brother came along. Um, so I, I got accustomed to being the good girl, never wanting to get in trouble, never wanting to rock the boat, you know, trying to keep everything as smooth as you can with a 10-year-old mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so just, you know, all of the, the control and the issues that come along with being the child of an alcoholic, um, that, of course, is still part of who I am now in my 50s. Um, my dad got sober when I was 20 years old. He's now an amazing human being. Um, he's 81. He's been sober for an extremely long time. So that's the first pivotal moment, I would say, is, you know, surviving that, if you will. Um, you know, there were times when my mom 
you know, when it got really, really bad and my mom would take my brother and I, and he was, I don't know, three or four at the time, and we would have nowhere to go. And we literally would stay in the car overnight in the school parking lot. And she would make oh it so gosh. fun for my brother because to him, it was a camp out, you know, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but my mom worked at my high school and we had nowhere else to go. So we would stay overnight in the parking lot. And I can vividly remember making sure that I got up several times in the middle of the night to make sure that I was wide awake before the buses started coming in because I didn't want anyone to see me. So I wanted to make sure that I got into the school, went into the bathroom, brushed my teeth, combed my hair, did a little wash up and went to class. Um, so, you know, that was part of it too. That happened a couple of times. So, you know, all of the, the pain that is associated with that, right. it doesn't leave you, you know, you just learn how to deal with it more effectively as a grown adult. Right. So I think and that was the, the first pivotal moment. The second one was ending an 18 year marriage. Um, and I know you know all about that as well. Yes. Um, you know, the, the first nine was amazing. The second nine, not so much, but I had two beautiful, amazing children. So finding the courage to walk away from that and knowing that I deserved more mm -hmm. and trusting myself and my worthiness that I deserved more. So I think that was the second pivotal moment um, so when you go through situations like you just went through your, you know, you had a dad that that was an alcoholic, you were trying to be this perfect little child, 100%. like you said, and, and then have this experience where you're sleeping in the car, in the parking lot, those memories and those experiences do affect us throughout the life. So we can shove them down for a little bit, can't we? But then they eventually raise their heads and, and come out and we have to deal with those situations. So were, were there things that you did to actually get past that? There honestly wasn't. Oh, I, so I you just worked through. Well, you did tell me about getting a coach. So I'm sure that there were probably some things maybe you went through with the coach, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in, in, in okay. a minute. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely did work through it later in life for sure. But, you know, at the time, I my mom was amazing. She was and is my biggest cheerleader and champion. Mm -hmm. So without her as my solid rock, I definitely would not have gotten through it mm -hmm. as unscathed, in quote, if you will, as I did. Um, you know, and then, you know, leaving my marriage at 18 years, um, that was certainly a pivotal moment. It's very, very hard. Um, and then, you know, I had an amazing 20 plus year career in corporate America. And the higher I climbed that corporate ladder, the more of me I felt I lost. Mm -hmm. And I literally, I could feel it. The light that is normally me, I could feel it dimming. And my friends saw it, my family saw it. And they said, you need to do something because you're not you. Um, and I knew it, I could feel it. Um, so someone said to me, why don't you hire a coach? And I said, okay, that, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll try yeah. it. So I was a client first and I, was, I worked with this woman um, named Lauren for an entire year. And at the time, the only coach I knew was this woman, Lauren, who went to high school with my former husband, who I hadn't talked to in probably 20 years. Oh and I literally called her out of the blue and said, hey, Lauren, it's Robin. 
you do this coach thing, like tell me more how you do this. So that's kind of how I became a client. And working with her for a year, it was so transformative that I could feel I was starting to claim myself back through the process. Um, And at one point I looked at her and said, okay, you do this for a living. How do you do this for a living? And I just started inquiring and she got her training through the Coaches Training Institute. So I started doing my research and um, my boyfriend, fiance now lived in Atlanta, Georgia and I was in the Northeast. And um, we did long distance for six and a half years. Um, I was coming down to Atlanta once a month or he was coming up to New York once a month. So I did some research and CTI was holding classes in Atlanta. So while I was still in corporate, I started taking coach training. And Donna, literally from the first day I walked in, I'm like, I'm home. Like, I know there's something in this vein that I meant to do. I didn't know what it was quite yet, but I'm like, I'm home. There's something here for me. Oh, right. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And every time I went back to the Northeast, I'm like, this doesn't fit anymore. This is not where I'm supposed to be. And the, the coaching piece just kind of kept calling me and calling me. And so when I was finished with coach training, CTI, the Coaches Training Institute, has a year-long leadership program. And that program, outside of my two children, is the biggest gift I've ever given myself. It was that life-changing. I feel like I walked in as corporate Robin and I came out as me. Wow. Wow. So it's you went through CTI? I did the Coaches Training Institute. And what was it? It was a leadership that you went through? It's a year-long leadership program in Asheville, North Carolina. Who doesn't love Asheville? Um, I love that. So in this leadership, was that maybe when you, like you said, you found yourself? mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was was a moment in the training. There's four week-long retreats over the course of a year and with, with your tribe. And mm-hmm. during one of the retreats, I literally had three of my tribe mates acting out an exercise in front of me that was my childhood. Now they didn't mm-hmm. know it at the time because they were acting out something that was important to them. Mm-hmm. And I literally remember I was hyperventilating and crying so hard because it literally was being acted out in front of me. And that's, mm-hmm. I think when it all kind of came to light for me but I had this amazing group of humans around me to catch me and say, you're fine. We've got you. It's mm. okay. Wow. Um, which was extraordinary. And I remember going home literally like two weeks later, it was around the holidays. It was December. And this had never happened before. My dad asked me to go for a ride with him. He's never done that my entire life because the, the County that I'm from in New York had a massive flood the four months before, the summer before. And my parents were pivotal in helping, you know, rebuild the community. And he wanted to show me the areas and the work that they had done because he was so proud of it. He wanted to share that with me. Mm -hmm. So he asked me to go for a ride. I think he truly could tell that something in me had shifted toward him where he was open enough that I had at least released it enough to not hold a grudge as much. And it opened up a relationship without anything even being said, which was a really beautiful moment that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So that right there tells me the energy in you, because I'm all about energy shifted. 
And even though a word was not even spoken, yeah. he could feel that energy shift. Ooh, yeah. I just love that. It gives me chills. Yeah. So awesome. And so at this point, that was when you started having a better relationship, I'm guessing, with your dad. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's an amazing human now. He really is. Oh, isn't that wonderful to yeah. see change? Oh, I just love that. So take us through now. You went through. You've been a coach or been coached, and you've learned all this leadership of how to be a coach and how to be a leader. And then, how did you go from there to where you are today? You know, you've been all over the world and helping women just do amazing things. So how did that happen? Yeah, I, um, you know, when I first started my company 10 years ago, I started going back in and serving the women I used to be. That's how I saw it. I was going back in and serving that corporate woman who was losing herself in the process. So, you know, I worked with corporate women leaders for seven, eight years um, and I loved it, but there was still a piece of the corporateness that it, it was it, but it wasn't totally it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was giving a workshop to a group of women here in Atlanta, where I live at Bank of America, some senior women leaders. And it was a small workshop of around 20 women. And at one point in the workshop, I asked them what some of their goals and their dreams were, and they shared. And I just went to go to the next part of the workshop. And one of them stopped me and said, no, no, no. What is one of your goals? Now, no one has ever asked me that in the tenure ever. Um, and I literally blurted out, we would love to work with women in Rwanda. I have no idea where that <laughs> even came from. It literally came out of my mouth. Now, I, I always had like a, a draw to the continent of Africa, but Rwanda specifically, not a clue. At the end of this workshop, one of the senior VPs came up to me and said, I have a contact for you. Her executive- Are you kidding me? I am not kidding <laughs> Our executive MBA professor, Dr. Musanera, teaches at Mercer University here in Atlanta. So uh -huh. she connected me with him. He's Rwandan. This was like April of 2017. And uh -huh. he said, well, we're bringing a group of students over in June. You're welcome to join us if you'd like. So every year he brings, he brings a group of executive MBA students over to work with an extraordinary group of women called the Vega Agahozo. And they are the widows of the genocide against the Tutsi in 1994, helping them with business leadership, marketing, those kinds of skills. So he said, we're going in June, you're welcome to join us. And I said, done, I'm going, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Here was the challenge. They were leaving Atlanta, Georgia on June 1st and going to Africa for three weeks like normal people do. Um, and I had committed to a speaking engagement in Albany, New York on June 7th. And I'm like, okay, how do I do? Like, how, how do I, I make this work? Yeah. This? And everyone kept saying to me, you can't just go to Africa for like a couple of days. That's insane. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like I knew I could feel it. I was supposed to go. Uh -huh. So I'm like, I just won't sleep. I just, whatever. So we left on a Thursday night. We left June 1st. We got to Rwanda Friday night. It's 24 hours to get there. I was in the country Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three days. I left Monday night. I flew straight up to Albany, New York. I landed Tuesday night and I spoke Wednesday morning. That's wow. how bad I knew I was supposed to go. Wow. And yeah, 
So what happened when you got there? I mean, obviously, I'm sure my listeners are probably wondering. So you got there. What happened? Like, did you just, were you able to speak there or did something connect? And they say, hey, we, we want you to come back. Or how did that, how did all that happen? Yeah, I, you know, the June of 2017, that was my first trip. I've been there 10, 12 times since then. Um, but that first trip, once I got there, I'm like, I know exactly why I'm here because working with these women, it was just one of the most humbling, extraordinary experiences of my life. Um, so going back, you know, here to Atlanta, I'm like, okay, I know now I want to go back under my own brand under Women Igniting Change. And so I started going back under my own brand and just kind of spreading the tentacles, if you will, of work that we could do on the continent, specifically in Rwanda for these women. And I just started making amazing connections um, with the Minister of Gender in the country, the Gender Monitoring Office. So, you know, now when we go over, we work with the Gender Monitoring Office, helping them create strategy for the private sector companies in the country. Um, there's an amazing university um, solely for women, which we're going in and helping train the faculty and staff. Um, still working with Avega Agahozo, of course. And two years ago, two and a half years ago, I was standing in my bathroom, literally putting on mascara. And again, this voice comes in my head and says, you need to build an economic empowerment center for women in Rwanda. And I just started to cry. I'm like, you're just like, okay, <laughs> here we go. I have no idea how to do this, but let's go. Um, but I've, I've learned to lean in and trust that over the 10 years that I've built my company because it's never steered me wrong. It's always listening to my gut. And I know the universe is going to provide the resources, the people and whatever I need to make it happen as it unfolds. So I'm like, okay, here we go. So, um, you know, going back over on subsequent trips, conducting listening tours with government officials, with um, young women in Kigali, which is the capital of Rwanda in the city, going out into the rural villages, conducting listening tours with women in the rural areas and saying, you know, if this existed, what do you need this to be? You know, what the needs were, understanding the governmental priorities, making sure that aligned. So it wasn't us coming in through a Western lens saying, here's what you should do, making sure that we understood the needs of the women and crafting it around that. Um, so that's kind of where we started shifting that. And then, you know, I truly believe to my core that women hold the keys to the most pressing global challenges of our time all women on the planet, because we have ideas inside of us mm -hmm. that there's just a this veil of fear of putting it out there and what will people think or what will they say? And they have amazing ideas for social impact, whether it's a product or a service, profit, nonprofit. And we literally could solve so many of the issues that we have globally. If women were to take off that mask and say, you know what, here's my idea, I'm putting it out there. Somebody come help me make it happen. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do now. So we help women who have these amazing ideas bring those social impact initiatives to life. Great. Now, is this all still in your, and I can't say it right, your Wanda? Rwanda. Am I saying that right? Yeah. So is it still there? Is yeah. that where you're at? Or now you're doing it in the U.S.? 
We're doing it in the U.S. Okay, got it, got yeah, it. We're doing it so in the U.S. That was just kind of your foundation of being able to kind mm-hmm. of understand what you needed to do and, and to help them. And then that kind of launched your business in the U.S. of being able to help other entrepreneurs. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you know, the business pivoted a couple of times over the 10 years. You know, we started uh-huh. working with corporate women leaders. Um, we work with nonprofits still. Um, and then it really pivoted to helping women un- unleash their social impact in the world through what we've created in Rwanda. So we have a proprietary model that we've used that's proven, it's vetted. So now we help women, we take them through a program to get their social impact unleashed in the world as well. Oh my goodness, what an amazing story to go from <laughs> where you were and your situation with your dad and to be led and guided. You know. And, and I'm just going to get this out there because I don't believe it's by chance that you are able to hear so clearly your messages. I think sometimes when we go through trials that are really difficult, yeah. it, it's almost like we just tune in or something to that higher power. Uh, because I also, and I've had a lot of similar situations like you have, and, uh, you know, it just brings that, that knowingness, I guess, is probably what I want to say. Yeah. Um, so beautiful, beautiful. So tell us now, if somebody were to want to find out more about you or want to work with you and be able to use these tools and techniques that you were able to share with so many women, mm-hmm. how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way is to join our Facebook group. It's a free community of amazing humans who all have that desire to put something good out into the world. Um, so they can go to Women Igniting Change Global. That's the group name on Facebook. So join us there. Every week I do something that I call a learning snack which are short snippets of training every Tuesday at noon where they can get free guidance on how to put their social impact out into the world. Can you say the name one more time? Yep. Women Igniting Change Global is the name of the Facebook Igniting Change Global. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, So they can just get on there that, that they'll be able to know more about you and also get some free training and some other things as well. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And, you know, this podcast, of course, is timely. You know, we have a free masterclass starting on Monday, June 14th, again, in our Facebook group. It's called Play Your Bigger Game Masterclass, which really I teach these women. It's my most favorite content to teach. I've taught it around the world for 10 years. And it's really an innovative framework and model that not only will help them design the social impact they want to put out into the world, but who they need to become along the way. Mm, That sounds wonderful. So that they can just find out about through your Facebook page as well? Actually, there's a URL for it. They can go to biggergamemasterclass.com and register right there. And they can join the group with another click of a button from the registration page. Do you have another one coming up? Because I'm not for sure we're going to be, because I'm... That's in two weeks. So um, Uh, do you have others that are coming up after that? Yep. Okay, Um, what's your later one? Yeah, August 16th. Okay, perfect. That we can do. Yeah, so Monday, August 16th, um, that's when the next one would start. Perfect, perfect. That sounds awesome. And it sounds amazing. You have helped so many women and changed so many lives. 
and now you're fulfilling your dream. And I love, love, love to see women that are stepping forward out of their situations and being able to create great things. So thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your message. I do have one last question and that is, what was the one thing that helped you go from this abuse and, and being able and sleeping in your car with your mom to being a woman that is listening to those intuitions and, and now growing a business that is amazing and helping so many women. How did you do that? Yeah. Um, trusting my authentic self. Mm. Hands down. Trusting internally. I trusting my authentic self and trusting that she is enough in the world. She's worthy enough. She's valuable enough to be put out there with all of my talents and gifts that I meant to use for other people. So trusting my authentic self and putting her out there. I love that. That is just perfect. Well, we're going to end with that because (laughs) trusting your authentic self is absolutely wonderful. And it's what we should all do. 100%. Not easy to do in some situations, but it's possible. So I encourage you guys to do exactly what she's saying. And if you want to find out more, we will make sure we have all of her uh, her group and her links in the Facebook or in the podcast notes so that you'll be able to easily access her. And Robin, thank you again for being My on. My pleasure. Today. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so grateful to have you. And thanks for sharing your amazing story. Thank you. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon and this is Power to Grow. Thank you.